Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And I'd like, firstly, I'd like to say to everybody, thank you for all the positive feedback that uh, Janine and I get for our podcast. It's never go, a week goes by where somebody doesn't say to us, hey, I really love your podcast. I like the really relaxed sort of style um, that you guys have. They're not, we're not super, super formal, um, but we're, you know, we just give good information out there and uh, say it like it is. So thank you very much for everybody that's listening and, and thank you. If you're a new listener and you just found us, remember to subscribe to Talking Wealth so that you know when we're uploading videos. But you can also, uploading podcasts, sorry, but uh, you can also go to our YouTube channel, Wealth Within TV. So just go to YouTube, type in Wealth Within TV and you'll find Janine and I in there as well um, putting out videos. So I'd love to see you over there. Remember to subscribe to, subscribe to that one. Uh, and I got an email this morning. Oh, part of what I'm saying this at this point of time is because I got a, an email this morning just from somebody just saying, hey, look, you know, during COVID-19, you know, you and Janine just keep giving your time and information out there freely on your podcasts and on your YouTube just to really help people. And, and that's really why Janine and I are doing it. I mean, or part of the reason why we're doing it is because so many people make so many mistakes when it comes to the stock market and when it comes to their money and uh you know it's it's and it's not something that's new with covid it, it is seriously not something that's new with covid and janine and i were only chatting yesterday as we we're preparing for our um live youtube stream tonight our australian stock market show which is every tuesday 7 to 8 p 7 to 8 p.m on it every tuesday and we we're chatting about what people do and we we're going back over history our recent history obviously um, and even further back and looking at different um, market meltdowns volatile times or highly emotional times on the marketplace you know like bitcoins the most recent one then you know the tech boom bust and we've had you know the gfc and we've also had um, asia crisis we've had um, the 87 crash and the list just goes on and and but we also have people who uh, do stupid things um, smart people doing stupid things, or can you, you know, I suppose I could probably write a book on dumb things smart people do, um, on that, and, uh, it really is that it, it, people, sometimes when it comes to the stock market, people throw their brains out of gear and, you know, and they buy, they get on this herd mentality and buy stocks that take them through the roof, and then when those stocks, same stocks crash, it turns a good investment into a long-term buy and hold and they wonder what happened and yeah people can make money for a short period of time and we've seen that with this COVID-19 situation people have made money over the last couple of months 
well, from so that March, low March, April, probably into May, but June, July, they're probably struggling a little bit more because the market's been a little bit more sideways. But if this market melts down, uh, there's uh, no uncertainty in my voice when I say the majority of those people who jumped into the market who didn't know what they were doing or thought they did um, back in March and April, that the majority of them will lose your money. You'll give it all back. It just happens. That's just what happens. And we've seen it so many times. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight on our on our YouTube channel, actually. So, But I won't sort of talk too much. Today I wanted to sort of get, do a bit of an update on superannuation and uh, well, this whole early release superannuation. I know my podcast a couple of weeks ago I talked a bit about that and how I thought, well, you know, I said sort of the jury's a little bit out whether it worked or not but I was leaning to the to the side that it was just it's a waste it was a waste that's really sort of what I was leaning to and and now I've seen you know some articles come out I've seen some things on um, television come out where they're interviewing people and I'm thinking geez you know government policies yeah I mean governments had to make a decision pretty quickly but to sacrifice somebody's future lifestyle um to obviously allow people to take money out of the superannuation. I don't think it was well thought, thought out enough. And, uh, yeah, I can understand people saying, what's my money, you know? The whole idea of that was for people that had lost their jobs or were struggling to pay bills to be able to get a little bit of money just to keep their head above their water. And some people are saying, well, hey, you know, what's better getting that money than lose your house? When, and I'm thinking, well, if $20,000 is the difference between you keeping or losing your house, then you've probably not done the smart financial planning up till that point because, yeah, 20, I mean, the average house in Melbourne is close to a million dollars. So $20,000, 10000 before the 30th of July, or 30th of June and 10000 afterwards. Jeez, you know, and Sydney is just as bad with housing prices or slightly worse. Um, you know, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, you know, you'd be still paying half a million dollars plus for a house, the average house. So if $20,000 is the difference between you keeping your house or losing it, then maybe you borrowed too much in the first place. And I always say to people, never borrow more than... 80% of your equity in your house because you do need a sinking fund and this is where people get it wrong all the time. I see people borrowing you know, 90% and then you get mums and dads you know, giving a bit of security to their kids so the kids can borrow 100% so they get in this house and I really do think that sort of stuff is crazy. You do need to have, whatever borrowing you do, you've always, always, always got to have the what if and that what if means you've got to leave a safety margin. So, for example, if you borrowed 80% on your house 20 years ago or 15 years ago when you'd started paying it off, you've probably got uh, equity in that house of 40 50%, probably right now. So in a time if you lose your job, you'd, before you lose your job, or sorry, before things happen, you, you would set up like an offset account or you might even set up a line of credit that you could have that you could access you know, twenty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars if an emergency happened, not just to spend it on a new boat or a new car or whatever else. Um, from that point of view, but you set that all up. Now if you do lose your job, something else happens, you've got that overdraft that you can pull money out of your loan and then put it back into your loan just to keep the loan payments going on. It's just a sinking fund. And for a short period of time of a few weeks, few months or whatever it is, um, by the time things blow over, because a lot of people think 
you know, COVID is a short-term situation. Yes, it's changed our lives forever, but it's a short-term situation for the next, maybe in the next four months, maybe the next six months, maybe some stuff going on for the next 12 months, but we all know it's going to end. And unemployment's now around 7%, so it has gone up, but, you know, we might see it go up a bit further again, but at the end of the day, 7% is not super, super high unemployment. You know, we've had double-digit figures before. But again, if you if you want to work, you can find work pretty much. But looking at the figures, though, to get onto those, APRA, which is the Australian Prudential Rights Association, which manages or oversees the super industry, um, released on Monday, they showed that $25.3 billion had been paid out by the funds as of uh, to the 12th of July. So that's like, I think today is the 21st of July. Um, yeah, so we're talking nine days ago, $25.3 billion had been paid out. And the total um, the total uh, is, well, will set to surpass the initial $27 billion that the government estimate or the Treasury um, estimated that would be withdrawn. Now, during the week of uh, to the 12th of July, the super funds uh, made payments totaling $6.2 billion to 734000 People. I got this out of the Australian um, Independent Financial Association, their newsletter, which we get, um, that um, I subscribe to and get, for industry news. Now, as I said, $6.2 billion to 735,000 members, um, bringing the total payments to $3.3 million since it, the, it started, but close to 1 million applications were from people doubling back for a repeat withdrawal in the second tranche of the scheme with their average application amounting to $8,700. It's staggering, those sorts of things. And when you look at the media and you see, you know, on the TV and, and read in the newspapers, etc., that people are using it. Now, I saw one guy on the TV bought a go-kart with it, another person had some plastic surgery with it, another person um, bought a car with it, an unemployed person bought a car with it, and it's like... Um, and, and I'm gobsmacked that this is their future that they're taking away for themselves. If you can't afford the go-kart, don't take the money out of your super to buy a go-kart. It's just how I was brought up. My mum taught me you don't buy things you can't afford. If you don't have the cash, you, you don't buy it. So, and, and that's seriously how I grew up. I mean, when I grew up, um, you know, bank card, and some of the young people are going, what the hell's a bank card? Um, some of the, the older people would be going, yep, I know what you're talking about, Dale. This is the first credit card that ever happened, and that came around, I think, in the 70s or early 80s bank card. But people up to that time just used cash, you know, or you had a lay-by. You just paid something off until you got it. Um, and you didn't have these credits, and we've got in so much debt now as a society that we want this instant stuff. And, you know, if you can't afford the go-kart, or if you can't afford the car, then you don't go and pull it out of your future. And this is what alarms me about what's going on with this situation. Because if just I did a real rough calculation on ASIC's Money Smart Compound Interest Calculator, and I do suggest you go there. Because it will scare the bejeebas out of you. It really will if you plug in some figures. You put in there um, a figure, the compound interest calculator, and I just put in $20,000 compounded over 20 years at a 7% compounding rate. Now, super funds average around 7 to 9%. That's I'm used the bottom end of that, 7%. So compounded 20 years, 80000 bucks, 80775 bucks. That's what you'd have in 30 years. Oh, sorry, 20 years. Now, here's the staggering one, and I hope you're sitting down. Over 30 years, 10 more years, you'd have 
$1,330. Now, here's an even bigger kicker. According to the Association of Superannuation Funds, male, a male at 65 has just $270,000 in his superannuation and a female has $157,049 in superannuation. Those figures are about 18 months old um, from that figure. But again, I'll go. The $20,000 compounded over 20 years is $80,000 and compounded over 30 years is $162,000. So what are you costing yourself by taking money out of your super? A single person, according to the Association of Super Funds, a single person needs $545,000 in their super. For a comfortable retirement and a couple needs six hundred and forty thousand. So if a male's got a two seventy on average, a female's got one fifty. So you add those up, there's four twenty. They're not even up for a for a single person, let alone a couple. So now we know why people are struggling to retire. People in Australia have been struggling to retire for decades and we're seeing it at the moment. We all know you're going to retire, it's just when. And if you haven't planned for it, that means the retirement you're going to have is not the, re the retirement that you actually really would like. Uh, and what these figures are saying is unless we you know, make some smart decisions, you know, we, we're going to end up at retirement or people are going to end up at retirement in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years in just as bad as everybody is today. You know, and that's the thing is, is you need to plan for your time and, and instant gratification doesn't cut it to me. You know, and people, I find people are full of excuses, you know, they go, oh, it's my money, so if I can get it, I'll spend it. Great. No, if you take it out of your retirement savings like your super, you put it into other investments. There was one smart person that I saw on the TV that was buying a house with it. Great. If you're going to buy an investment property with it, fantastic, because you'll get better growth out of that than you will out of superannuation but they're putting it into their retirement and oh, look, that was fantastic smart thinking you don't buy you know go-karts you don't buy new cars you don't go and go on a holiday you don't go and do that sort of stuff you but people who paid their debts off people who are unemployed people who um, were seriously in financial issues that took the ten thousand dollars out i have zero issues with that because that's exactly what it was designed to do and if it gives you less stress and it helped your family and, and maintained um, your sanity at least then that was worth it um, from that point of view but immediate issues don't constitute they don't constitute reasons or wants um, people people's wants don't constitute the need to pull money out of your future because again you know you're going to retire at some stage you're either going to be dead or retired at 65 one of the two things are going to happen now hopefully you're not dead the other one is you're going to retire so how are you going to retire for that but, you know, some many people said, oh, well, I'll, you know, it's a long time until I retire, so I might as well get it now. Um, and, yeah, it is a long time, but that's why you start planning now, because, yes, you're working right now, you can afford it, but how many people do you know struggle in retirement? It's amazing. People want guarantees, and, you know, and I want this now. And I find that with people with investing, they, they want a guarantee. You know, they go, oh, if you want to, can you get me 10% all the time? Well, no, you can't. And you you can get 10, you can get 20, you can get 50, you can get two, or you can get minus 10 or minus 20. There's no guarantees when you invest, but people do want something. And so that's why they pull money out of their super, because they're going, well, in 30 years, I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know if I'm going to be dead. I'm going to, if I'm going to be still working. I don't know what's going to happen. Where am I going to be living? So I'll pull the 10 grand out and I'll go and buy, a, you know, a drone or a go-kart or a new breast implant or whatever it is so 
And so they get that immediate thing, I know now I've got that, I've got something tangible. Not good thinking in my crew for your future. Um, but these excuses don't cut it. They really don't cut it for me. So, again, as I said, people do want guarantees because they don't want to wait for 40 years. But we do need to be accountable. Every individual, every Australian needs to be accountable for themselves. Otherwise, we become a welfare society and everybody wanting handouts and everybody feeling entitled. And we already know right now that we can't fund pensions properly. Now, pensioners are screaming out. There's not enough there for them to be able to have a lifestyle. And we all know people, it's guaranteed and it's happening right now, people will work longer because they've not planned for their future. So people, instead of retiring at 60 or 55, they're going to be retiring at 70. So you might have people going right through, you know, in terms of working their full lives. Now, we know also know that automation is getting more and more and more and more, so there's less and less physical jobs for people because computers and automations are taking it. So there's less jobs. The industries are changing. If you're over 50, it's a lot harder to gain employment, especially when modern technology is coming through and you kind of keep updating your skills to be ahead of everything. And so the young people today that are 20 today, they're going to have multiple jobs through their life. Their average lifespan on a job's probably going to be 18 months, maybe two years. When I started working, it was almost a lifetime you're in one job. Now, but at least five to ten years minimum. Nowadays, people may be moving jobs all the time. It's getting faster. So the choice is yours. Do you retire early with less stress and, and enjoy a good retirement? Or do you work for longer, maybe until you die, and have more stress because you can't afford to pay for your lifestyle? It's your choice. Like I say with my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, it's your money, it's your choice. But if your choice is to enjoy it all now, take out lots of loans, then don't expect to have a great lifestyle at the end, you know, because there's the old saying, you know, for fail to plan, you plan to fail. But I'll finish off with my one of my favourite sayings is that I'll do, do today what others won't so I can play tomorrow where others can't. So if you have proper money management, you budget, you spend what you, you don't spend everything what you earn and you don't go into debt, you plan for your future, you will have a better future than everybody else and as I said right now, um, things are a little tight for a lot of people and I understand that uh, but I, again, is taking money out of super to buy something you want rather than something you need, is that a smart choice and I don't think it is, I don't think the government's policy on that has been a good one. Yes, it's great that they're um, tightening up on a few things, um, moving down the track with the stimulus package, but this super one, I don't think it was a good one. Anyway, you've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Have a great week. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.